Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I bring to you part two of a multi-part Lenten series entitled uh, Purple Theory, with today's message specifically entitled Prayer, based off of Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. So, let us dive into the Word today. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Amen. As we learn a rhythm of prayer, we become connected to God in new and exciting ways. Prayer is the breath of Christian life. When I was serving as a chaplain, I was always being asked to pray. As many of you know, I worked for a long-term health care facility, and I became accustomed to praying for people often, in their apartments, in the skilled nursing unit, in the hallways, during chapel, at the resident council meetings, and at the hospital, to name a few places. One time when I was leaving the nursing home after officiating a funeral service, I received a call from the front desk asking that I urgently go to the hospital to visit Mr. So-and-so. For the purpose of this message, I will call him John, though that was not his actual name. Evidently, he wasn't doing well. He was not doing well, and... Death was imminent. It could happen at any moment. So I I rushed over to the hospital to visit John, worried that I wouldn't get there in time. I got to his room, and there he was laying, unresponsive. And I wasn't sure if he could hear me, so I, I let him know that I was there, that I that I cared for him, and that many people cared for him, and many people were praying for him. And there was obviously no response from him. So I, I made some small talk. Small talk like I would have when this person was responsive and alert. And then I just sat there quietly for a time. Finally, I put my hand on his and prayed what I, I hoped would be an appropriate prayer. And when I said, Amen, and opened my eyes, he was staring at me, eyes wide open, and said, Pastor, that was the most beautiful prayer ever. <laughs> I nearly fell over from shock. 
Ever since I have been serving the church, I have been asked to lead in prayer. Now, obviously I pray in my official capacity, but people will often, knowing that I am a pastor, request that I pray. As if to pass off praying to somebody who knows what they're doing, as if I'm some expert on prayer because I'm a pastor. Now, that may sound odd to you, but you know, pastors struggle with prayer as much as anybody else. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no uh, special prayer class that we take in seminary. We, we get good, if you can call it good, at doing it because we do it all the time. Because it's a part of our daily routine. Because it's a part of what we do. But people will often ask that I, I, I pray at, at family functions, with friends, at church meetings, at town functions, you name it. Let me ask you this. How often do we pray outside of Sunday morning or at meals? And how often do we define prayer in our lives? When it comes to spiritual disciplines like prayer, the more we exercise it, the stronger and healthier we become. Prayer is something that everyone everyone can do. We all deal with this issue of being a good prayer or a bad prayer. Believe it or not, when I'm praying, even at the pulpit, I often will critique myself afterwards. Why did I say this? Or why didn't I say that? Or why did I put it this way? We all struggle with that. We all deal with that issue. But the scripture teaches us that the power of prayer is in praying honestly and fervently and that it ought to be a regular practice rather than just an as-needed or one-time event. Just imagine if we only talked once in our lives or we talked once a week. Starting at a young age onward, how good at communication would we really be? We talk well because we speak often. Because it's something that's practiced, something that's lived, something that's done. Even the most faithful people struggle with prayer. But it is not about getting it right, but rather developing our prayer life as a discipline. The word discipline comes from the same root as disciple, meaning pupil or learner. As we, as we are followers of Jesus Christ, we learn spiritual practices like prayer. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So we learn spiritual practices like prayer that help us to shape our lives following God's example. As we... As our faith deepens and we develop the exercise of prayer regularly into our daily life, it can become second nature to us, as natural as breathing. The Holy Spirit is the breath of life. And when we develop the discipline of prayer, that spiritual breathing comes to us more easily. 
In today's scripture passage, we see this idea of the Holy Spirit interceding. Verse 26 says, even when we don't know what to say or how to pray, when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is hearing our heart and our faith, not just our words. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us to pray. Prayer is not just the thing we do, but prayer is directly connected to what our relationship with God looks like. Even when prayers don't seem to flow how we want them to, if they are rooted in the Holy Spirit, then they, are, they still connect us to God in fellowship. It's as simple as that. Now, intercession in Korean literally means help. So when we cannot pray as we want with words, if we are willing to be honest with ourselves and vulnerable with God, then the prayer is still genuine because the Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us. We can even invite the Spirit to intercede in our prayers when we struggle with how or what to pray. The Holy Spirit can manifest in many different ways, sometimes in a song, or in tears and lying prostrate on the floor, or, or, or rocking, or speaking in words, or a language that no one else in the room understands. Part of the spiritual discipline of praying is understanding how the Spirit is calling us to communicate with God at any given moment. At the end of verse 27, which says, The Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Paul points to another important feature of prayer. Being rooted in God's will for our lives. Sometimes our human desires do not fall in line with God's will. This was true even of Jesus, who prayed in Gethsemane, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. It is okay even necessary, my friends, to express our pain and our desires to God. But part of growing in prayer is recognizing that, at times, God's will for our lives may not be the same as our own. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's one that we must come to terms with and understand. The end of Jesus' sentence that I, I just mentioned above is, Yet not what I want, but what you want. Prayer is not a one-way conversation. It also involves listening to God, learning and becoming receptive to God's will for us. We can be intentional about asking and listening for this. 
As we grow in a life of devotion and meditation, we can become more open to understanding the heart of God. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we need? Now, there's a movie that I showed at service today that um, uh, is from a, uh, uh, a Christian film called The War Room. And it's, it's a more evangelical take on, on prayer. But it is a good film overall in talking to us about the necessity and power of prayer. And in this scene, Ms. Clarita, I think is her name, uh, this old lady is uh, trying to sell her house, and this uh, real estate, this woman, real estate agent, uh, comes in and uh, tries to, uh, you know, close the deal and, and sell the house for her. And she starts asking this woman, Miss Clarita, that is, starts asking this woman about, you know, uh, her husband and about whether she is a person of faith, and she says, yes, I am, and... She says, well, uh, what church do you attend? She says, well, we occasionally attend such and such church. And she said, oh, do you have kids? Yes, we do. And she starts to get flustered because it's like I'm trying to sell you this house and you're asking me these personal questions that are completely irrelevant to this house. And it was awkward for her. Miss Clarita asks, so, uh, so you only occasionally attend church because your pastor only occasionally preaches and holds worship? Or and she starts to laugh and she says, Miss Clarita, uh, we we need to get going on this work here. You know, could I take some coffee? She sure. Let me get some coffee for you. And she brings it out, and the woman takes, you know, and she says, you know, as she was getting the coffee, the woman's saying, you know, like you know, as far as my faith, you know, I'm not like super hot, but I'm not not cold either. I mean, I believe and I know God, and and uh, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm not crazy, but I'm not, uh, you know, an unbeliever either. And she. Miss Clarity comes out with the coffee and they're sitting and the woman goes to take her a sip of her coffee and she's it's only lukewarm and she's like oh Miss Clarita you didn't heat this up it's it's only warm and she's like uh she's like oh no my coffee's hot you see if we're only lukewarm in our faith if we're only lukewarm in our personal discipline our faith discipline we're only going to get lukewarm results at best. How do you make sure that you are committing to growing in your prayer life? What would it be like if prayer became an ongoing conversation for you? And not just something you do every so often. Are you making daily space in your life for prayer and listening to God? What daily rhythm or practice can you do to begin practicing this more in your own life? Perhaps you can join or even start a prayer circle with some of your friends. Or perhaps you can find a quiet space in your home like Miss Clarita did and like she instructed this woman to do eventually through the movie. Perhaps you can find a quiet space in your house and declare that your prayer, sp your prayer space or prayer room 
or war room if it feels like you're at battle? What would it look like to begin by setting an alarm on our phone to go off every day at a a specific time? And then you pray a one-line prayer when it goes off, increasing to twice daily and three times daily, etc. It's all about developing a routine. What does it look like for us as a community to begin helping each other become dedicated and stronger in our prayer life? And more than just praying together, how can we sharpen our skills with one another to develop healthier prayer lives? I would love nothing more than a prayer ministry to start up at at the church I serve, First United Methodist Church of Newton. We can pray together and grow in our prayer. And if you are somebody who is a part of my my community and would like to to disinterest you, contact me by all means. But no matter where we are, no matter what church we attend, let us together become a community that grows closer to God through intentional, regular prayer. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for for inspiring and encouraging us and reminding us that you are always there and that you're looking to have a relationship with us. Help us to be a people who are not lukewarm somewhere in the middle, but are hot, who are hot for you, who are desiring a relationship with you, who are actively engaging in a relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to be a people of prayer. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I want to thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, remember that um, you can check out all the links in the episode notes. uh, And if this is your weekly uh, nourishment, a spiritual nourishment, and you don't attend another faith community, then I would love for you to, uh, uh, if you're able, to to contribute to the ministries of First United Methodist Church of Newton. The links are in the episode notes. Uh, this has been a trying year, and through the faithfulness of others, we've been able to get through it, but uh, we could certainly uh, use the support, and, um, and that would help us continue to further the ministries of of the church uh, rather than just continuing in the current ones. Uh, There's plenty that God is calling us to do and your support will help us do it. Um, So uh, remember, um, this is always a free podcast. Uh, You don't have to pay to listen to it. Uh, That's purposeful. Uh, This is done out of a call that I have to share these messages with you. Um, But uh, it is not free to run. And uh, so your support uh, will help uh, the church continue on in its ministries and to further those ministries. But as always, remember, friends, you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.